I'm going to talk about <clears throat> three marks of Christian maturity. A way to measure ourselves. Our grandkids, we started out with Brody, who's 18 now, and uh, on my closet door, I started measuring their height and putting the date down every October. And it's amazing. They, they get excited. Is it time to measure up? I said, no. Nope, it's next month. And, of course, the closer it gets, they get excited. They want to see how much they have grown. And uh, this weekend was no different to uh, get to measure Arden and uh, Ansley. And it's like a race with them. Well, they're maturing physically. And uh, as we think about these uh, maturity, spiritual maturity, we ought to be measuring ourselves, checking ourselves. Where do I stand with the Lord? Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. <clears throat> and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That ye may approve things that are excellent. That ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and the praise of God. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his holy word. You may be seated. If you have your Bible still open, verse 6, and uh, while I'm uh, doing this introduction part, Cassie, if you would, if you could just put in verse 6, um, and go ahead and whenever you find it, you can put it up there. But what Paul is doing here, he's pouring himself out to the people there in Philippi. Um, really letting them know, you know, without an example, what do you follow? So he was sharing with them, you know, where he had come from. He could easily measure himself as far as becoming a mature Christian. When you look back from the time that he was knocked down by the, the bright light there on the road to Damascus and how he was blinded. And from the time of being blinded up until this point here, he could show and he could tell and he could share all about his maturity as far as a Christian goes. You and I need to measure ourselves. You know, where, where have we come from uh, from, the, from the time we were saved? Where have we come from? We ought to be able to show progress. Um, you know, I've heard people say, well, he, he wants another notch in his Bible. No, I don't do that. I have no idea uh, how many people that God has allowed me to introduce to Jesus. I have no idea about that. I do uh, have a number of how many people that, that I've baptized, but not all those that I baptized that I had the privilege of leading to the Lord. Others uh, have led people to the Lord and brought them to the altar and uh, allowed me uh, the opportunity to uh, baptize him. So Paul is, is saying here, um, make sure you remain in progress. Make sure we, hey, we look at ourselves, we are a work in progress. We are under construction. Now, if you know anything about construction, construction don't always go according to plan. Construction don't always go smoothly, okay? You'll have all kind of interruptions and so it is with the Christian life. We're under construction. Things don't always go according 
to plans, okay? We, we, here we have it all laid out, and we want to do this and this, and we want to accomplish this. And you mark it down, the devil knows the plans, and so he wants to get in there and mess things up, okay? And so it, it goes that way, and, and that's life, and we must accept that. But the thing about it is we need to be maturing along the way. So I want to just share with you three uh, marks of spiritual maturity. I want, to, I want us to look at verse 6, and Cassie, you can just leave that verse up if you want to. <clears throat> Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now that's a, that's a full load there, and it is a promise from God what he is going to do. So first of all, as we think about these three marks of spiritual maturity, first of all, there's faith, okay? We must have faith. We, we have faith in the Word of God. We must have faith in there, there is a God out there somewhere. He is in heaven. He is not in the big house. He is not in the White House. I wish he was, but he, he is in heaven on his throne. And we have faith to believe that he is in control. We have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he came to this earth. None of us in this room have ever seen him face to face, okay? But we believe that he came to this earth and he went to the cross and died for us. He was buried. He arose again. And he's in heaven this evening. Making intercession for you and I. Preparing us a place. I have faith. I'm just fool enough. I have that kind of faith to believe that that's what he's doing. I'm just, I have enough faith to believe and know he's not going to leave me without hope, okay? He is my hope. He is my stay. He is my rock. He is everything that I will ever need to become more mature as we go through this life. I believe there's going to be a return of Jesus, all right? And I don't believe that we will go through the great tribulation. I don't believe he's going to put us through that. But we're going to be snatched out of here. The word rapture does not appear in the word of God as far as King James Version goes. But we will be taken out, called up, raptured out of here before that great and terrible day of the Lord. Well, when we think about our faith, when we look at this verse right here, the first part of that verse says, being confident of this very thing. That very thing is the faith in God's plan. God has a plan for every person. I mean, he don't just create us just say, hey, I created another being today. Uh, he don't do that. He, every person he ever creates, he has a plan for them. So I don't see how he could have that many plans. Hey, how many people are there in the world? Don't know. But he said the very hairs of your head are numbered. Okay? He knows. He keeps up with that kind of stuff. It's, his, his, it's in his plan. He wants us to fit into his plan, okay? We shouldn't want him to fit into our plan because our plan, most of the time, falls on his face. We must fit into his plan for our life. In fact, this is the only way that he can bless us is if we find his will for our life and just do it. There's faith in God's plan. There's also, when we think about faith, there's faith in God's provision. Now, he says that uh, none of his seed will be found begging for bread. That, that simply means we're not going to be found in want, okay? If we stay connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, no man can pluck you out of my hand. If we stay connected to him, 
He is going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, and he's going to do it through Christ Jesus. Faith in God's plan, faith in God's provision, but there's also faith in God's person, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, no man's going to take you out of my Father's hand. All that the Father hath given me, I have not lost a one. The only reason a person is lost tonight is because they have not invited the Lord Jesus Christ into their hearts. He said, I've gone to prepare you a place. And he said, if I go and he went, I will come again. I'm looking for that. That's the next thing on God's timetable is that he will return and take the church, that is every saved person, out of here. The dead in Christ are going to rise first and we're going to be joined them in the air. So the first mark of maturity is having faith in God Almighty, having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, not only faith, but then there's faithfulness. That verse continues. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. A good work in you. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to me. I think my soul where I have come from to this point here. I mean, it is amazing when I look back at my life and the steps I took. To get to where I am. A lot of them was useless steps. Okay. And God just hey. He didn't overlook them. He knew. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. Hey. He ordered them but I didn't always walk in them. Okay. Um, I, I, I probably don't remember. I probably could if I sat down on paper. But I have no idea how many jobs I had. Before I surrendered to preach. In fact, Lynn made a statement to somebody one time. Said, Kenny has never, ever held a steady job until God called him to preach. Never. But I never was unemployed. I never was fired. I never was laid off. Okay, if I quit here on Friday, I was over here working on Monday. I mean, from one to the other. Hey, just dangle that dollar in front of me. I'd be out of here. I mean, I'd fly away, boy. It didn't make no difference. I remember quitting a job one time and a man in Traveler's Rest wanted me to come work with him laying brick. He didn't ask me how much I was making and I didn't tell him. And I worked my rear end off the first week with him. I wanted to make a good impression. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. He left me in charge of a lot of stuff during the week. And when I got my paycheck on Friday, I felt like I had the flu. I was hurting all over for the stress that I had been under. Well, I had kept up with my hours. And when I figured up my hours and divided it into how much money, I was making a dollar more than where I was before I went with him. You know, it was God. I stayed with him. I stayed with him until I surrendered to preach. And he hasn't let me forget it yet. He, is, he always prays for me. And if I'm anywhere close to his, his home, he wants to come and hear me preach. Sometime he'll come all the way down here uh, to, just to be here. Because, hey, he's he just like a daddy figure to me. He was faithful to his God. He was faithful to his church and took me on my first mission trip to Haiti in 1976. What if it hadn't been for him uh, in my life. So we talk about faith. We talk about faithfulness. He, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. First of all, when we think about this faithfulness, 
in securing us. Jesus said, all that the Father has given me, I have not lost to one. Not only secure us, but there's a shelter, sheltering us. In Psalm 63, 1, thou hast been a shelter for me. And then in the stabilizing us, Isaiah 26, 3. Cassie, if you'll whoop that up on there, and then we'll go back to this uh, verse 6. Thou. I just want to just, just say it to you first of all. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Now when you look at that verse, thou, God Almighty, will keep me or you in perfect peace. And this world is not at peace, mind you. A lot of times our homes are not at peace. Our lives are not at peace. But he said God will keep us as his children in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on God. Now, you can't be rambling off over here into something else. It's got to be stayed on the Lord. Why? Because he trusted in thee. He trusted in thee. All right, Cass, if you'll go back to that, that verse 6. Uh, securing us, sheltering us, stabilizing us. You see, there'll be peace. In our hearts. Don't have to be peace in the world, but peace in our hearts. Stayed, linked together, trusted, that is, surrendering to the Lord. Then last of all, we, we think about the uh, growing in, in a maturity, mature Christian life. We, we have faith. Um, we have faithfulness. But then thirdly, uh, look what that verse says. He'll perform it until... The day of Jesus Christ. This is the finality of our Christian life. It'll be graduation day. You see, we, we're going to school. School for the Christian is never out until we're called home. It's never out. We're constantly going to school. We're constantly reading. We're constantly tr tr trying our faith out. We're constantly asking people, do they know the Lord? We're constantly inviting people to God's house. We're constantly loving the, the downtrodden and, and trying to help those that are without. We're constantly doing this. And that's what we're supposed to be about as Christians. But this, this finality, it says, until the day of Jesus Christ. This requires dedication. I mean being dedicated to the house of God. You know, I don't know about uh, First Baptist here, but I can remember years ago uh, they gave perfect attendance pins. You know, I don't know of a soul in here that would get one today, including the preacher. Perfect attendance pins. I never forget. I think, I think I had gotten three or four years perfect attendance in Sunday school. And Lynn tried to help me remember. He, he led music at Friendship Church as an interim. He was, uh, let me see, over at um, the big Sakaloa plant, was it? I can't think of his name now, but he was over Sakaloa plant. And he led music in churches wherever they needed a music director, he'd go. We were sitting in a restaurant one day, and I had my pins on. He looked, and he, he said, oh, so you got six years or whatever, how many years? Well, perfect attendance. And this is what he said next. And this was not even in my mind at this time. He said, whoa, wouldn't it be great if you went on and surrendered to preach? That's all he said. All he said. And that was probably, my goodness, 
seven or eight, ten years before I actually surrendered to preach. But evidently, he, he picked up on something. He knew something. His name just crossed my brain, blowed out right there. I didn't get it. Oh, my memory is, is really good. <laughs> well, the finality, the dedication, dedication to the Lord, to His work, His word, His way. It's all there. It's all in Scripture. All we got to do is, is root and dig it out of there. It requires dedication. It also requires discipline. In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, says, but I keep, Paul said, I keep under my body and bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached unto others, I myself might be a castaway. He said, of all sinners, I'm chief. I'm chief of all sinners. So we see it requires dedication. It, re- it requires um, discipline. But it also requires determination. I'm determined, okay? Len knows how determined I am. I want to. I want to do it as long as I'm able to do it. I want to. I want to stay married until death separates us. I want to preach until God takes my voice away or takes my life away. The boys, they're ever so often they say, "Daddy, when? When are you going to retire?" I said, "I don't know." And uh, Len said, I know, boys, when your daddy will retire. He'll retire when he dies. As long as there's something to do, he's going to work and he's going to preach. So best thing to do is just sit back and watch it happen, okay? The boys love their mom and their daddy. They, they love me to be with them more. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're obligated. And, hey, that what I said last, I am determined. Um, Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, brethren. In other words, I beg you. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. And this is what he says. A living sacrifice. A dead sacrifice is no good. But a living sacrifice. Then he says, holy. God said, I want you to be holy because I am holy. You are representing me, so I want you to be holy. And acceptable unto God. We need to present ourselves that we will be acceptable by God. And then that verse closes out and says, this is the most reasonable thing you can do. The most reasonable thing you can do. Bible says, come together. God says, come together and let us reason together. You know, hey, I know what you used to be. You used to be sorry and low down and you're, you were lost. But now you're saved. And so let's, let's reason together here and get our on the same track that we can do what I'm asking you to do. It's part of being becoming a mature Christian, okay? Some of us may be further along than others. And so we who've been further along need to help those who are just getting started. You know, it's amazing um, about my preaching. I know you think it's amazing too. Amazingly, when's he going to get on? But... <clears throat> You know, God gives me, and, and such was this morning. You know, I, you don't have to tell me when I preached the sermon last. Because most of the time, all you got wrote down there in your Bible is Kenny Owen and a date. 
one such lady, I always close the service out, and if I call the name Sandra and Lynn, both would know her. <laughs> I always say, hey, anybody got a word of testimony, anything you'd like to say? And this is what she said. Preacher, I know when you preached that sermon last, I got it wrote down in my Bible. I said, yes, ma'am, I do too. I said, can you remember the points? Oh, no, ma'am. No, sir, I don't, I don't remember the points. I just remember, I just got, I got your name wrote down by the scripture here. Well, my preaching teacher who's done gone on to be with the Lord now said, if it's worth preaching once, surely to goodness it's worth preaching twice. Okay? Um, what if Mark, after he sang victory in Jesus, we can't do that anymore because we done done that one. I got it wrote in my songbook when you done it last. You know, I, I don't want to hear victory in Jesus anymore. You know, preacher, I heard that sermon three times. I said, yeah, when you start doing it, I'll get on something else. <laughs> but it's part of maturity, okay? It's part of growing up. Repetition over and over. I hear it and I see it. And God continues to bless. So, hey, how many times do you eat hamburgers? Oh, I ate one last week. I don't want one no more the rest of my life. I've done had that one. They don't take my chicken away. You know, every time I eat chicken, I love it. Every time I eat catfish, I love it, okay? So if I preach it twice, you can make a comment if you'd like, but I ain't going to change my mind. Okay, it's part of growing up. How many times do we tell our kids, now don't climb on that ladder? And what do they do? They go up it, they fall. I told you not to do it, and they'll do it again. You know, you got to, after a while, we'll just let them go ahead. Maybe they'll learn to climb that ladder after a while. Okay, and they do. And then as they mature and get to where I am and somewhere some of you are, right? Man, I don't want to go up that ladder. I mean, all I need to do is fall. Listen, in our maturity is growing up in the Lord. That's what the devil wants us to do. That's why so many people give up and quit because they don't want to fail. And the devil says, you're going to fail. The best thing you can do is quit while you're ahead. God didn't say anything about quitting. He said go, and he didn't put an age limit on it. So I challenge us. May we go on toward maturity and whatever God asks us to do. Jump on it and do it and make it happen. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for those who've come. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to work hard, to strive to become more mature. Lord, we know that we have faith in you. Uh, we want to be faithful to you because we know that the final act will soon be here. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to run the race that you put before us that no one would, would get ahead of us because you said that we're all your children if we're saved. And you run in the race with us. So no one is outrunning someone else. And God, we look forward to the day when you'll call us home. But I pray for us tonight in this very room, if there's anyone lost, Lord, I pray that tonight might be that night. Uh, if there's anyone that feels away from God and they want to be drawn closer. Lord, help them to come to this altar and pray. Help others to come and join them. And Lord, we'll thank you for all you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother, what do we